0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating those people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership role yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do visit leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply because we'd love to have you alongside us on the programme. Um, I'm pleased to say that joining me on today's show on what is another warm summer morning here in the capital is Richard Brash. Richard is the Managing Director of Brash Solutions, an IT company that provides consultancy, systems review, system specification, supply and a range of other software development services. Uh, Richard, very warm well welcome to yourself and thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Hello, thank you for inviting me.
0: It's a pleasure, Richard. Certainly is a lovely day for it um, as well. Um, I think we should certainly start by addressing the context in which we're having this conversation. And that's the fact that we record this podcast on the 3rd of August, 2021. And so even though COVID-19 social restrictions have gone in England for the time being, we're still somewhat within the grip of the global pandemic situation, aren't we? And we're seeing the real impacts of that. Um, As an IT business, at a time where technology has really changed as a result of the lockdown, to what extent has the crisis affected you and affected your company, would you say?
1: Well, it's certainly been an interesting 18 months. Um, however, uh, Brash Solutions was, was formed over 20 years ago, so we've had uh, a number of uh, interesting periods in that time. And uh, I think what you do as a as a business owner, you you just look at those challenges and and try and work with it and deal with it in the best way possible. Um, this one obviously is uh, well, every 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 challenge is unique, but this one's um, certainly uh, something that, that no one was really expecting. Um, however, uh, I think as an IT company, um, we provide. Support services for those who were greatly in demand at the beginning, uh, with a lot of companies moving their staff to to home working that weren't necessarily geared up to that full time. Obviously, uh, lots of part time and flexible working was already in the offing, but um, really the, the Box at the end of March last year, it it just became the norm. So our our phones were red hot. We were working remotely. Luckily, had everything set up um, in advance, um, but helping our clients as much as possible, get them get them up and running, ironing out any teething problems, and uh, and trying to sort of keep our keep our stress levels down and making sure that that, that our clients were continuing to operate where they could. So with you being
0: sort of well-versed in the IT world, as it were, um, when you had to sort of transition yourselves to sort of operating with clients remotely, did you find that quite easy, Um, as opposed to maybe some businesses who may have found it a bit more difficult overhauling those processes?
1: Yeah, I think we're we're very fortunate. I took the decision... um, 15 years ago, when 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 cloud was was really not even used as a as a phrase to start looking at the way technology was moving, um, we adopted. We were one of the early adopters on uh, the first version of Office 365, which was um, named Epos. You can tell why they uh, changed that name. Um, and we, we, we adopted that early and started introducing it to our clients and talking about the, the advances and migrating clients from local servers to, to the cloud. So um, I think we were in a, a good position or as, as good a position as anyone could be to deal with it. Um, and having those conversations with our clients beforehand and and having as much set up as, as remote and and cloud working as possible uh, made things easier and and i can certainly say uh, hand on heart that, that none of our clients uh, businesses suffered due to a uh, to problems with technology um, so so that's got to be a bonus
0: and just In your opinion, uh, Richard, do you think that the acceleration of digital and the real sort of awareness that's come about of the need for digital strategies within businesses that were maybe behind the times, do you think this has sort of really hit home the need for people on sort of executive boards and business leaders to be sort of technologically savvy themselves rather than just having maybe one individual who's sort of in charge of the whole technological side of things?
1: That's that's a really interesting question because a lot of our clients are SMEs, so they're driven. You know, it's an entrepreneurial uh, spirit within the business, and often those those leaders of the business are, are, are wonderfully adept and skilled in in their specific area, but often don't have those those resources, technical resources, in house, and and that's where we fit as a business, so we. We provide those IT services, the support services, the software development, the software integration, websites, et etc. So, so what we the role we feel is is really a, that technical element within their business. So they don't feel they need that the, that level of skills. We're a trusted partner, so they don't uh, feel vulnerable. Um, to, to those rapidly tech the rapid changes that come with technology. And I think that's really how we fulfill our role. We're we're sort of given license to to, to give them the recommendations, even at a board level, to make sure IT systems and, and, and future changes in the in the tech, in technology are, are interwoven into their st- strategy. Um and, and, and we can be very much involved with
0: that. Mm. And it's going to be really important moving forward because the discussion that's being had at the moment is that technology is going to play more of an active role in our day-to-day lives as we move toward what is likely to be a more hybrid working model where there'll be some working from home. There'll probably be some working in the office just to balance the benefits of both and obviously with that you need the systems to be able to work from home you need the security to be able to work from home so it's an exciting time for a business like yours isn't it where your expertise is going to be so so important
1: yeah i think we're lucky to be in that space um there's obviously the responsibility that goes goes with that um if we're relied on to to that level by our clients we we've got to you know Make sure we're investing in, in the research, in the training of our own staff to, to provide that level. We try to have our, our staff um, skilled and, and used to, to speak in plain English to our clients and not bamboozling them with the latest, you know, gaz- <laughs> gizmos and, and, and gadgets and phrases mm. and terminology that, that really confuses them. And I think that, that's crucial. So, um, you know, going back to what you're saying about the, the movement, I think the, the, the movement towards high tech within business, it, it's already there. Most people have the most powerful bit of technology they have in their pocket as a mobile phone and they can carry out, you know, if they're cloud based, they can probably carry out 80% of the work that they need to do on a daily basis from, from a beach somewhere. Um, mm. which, which certainly puts a, a different stamp on, on how you operate a business. Uh but I think yeah, it's it's already here, it's just you know, where are the next steps and it's a, it's a constant evolution.
0: It is certainly, it is constantly changing. And one of the other big changes that we've seen over the last 16 months is how sort of self-aware we've certainly become. And I think we're far more willing now to discuss things such as our personal health, our mental health and being, also, because we are more aware of our own mortality. And within sort of leadership generally, sort of how important do you view sort of mental health, uh, Richard, um, sort of as a result of the crisis?
1: Well, it's, it's paramount to our business. You know, we're we're, a, we're still a small business. We've got our our development centre remote. Um, we have all our IT support here, and and you know, it's fundamental to 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 our business success. Is uh, the way that our our staff can operate the flexible working. The, the fact that you know if, if they're not feeling comfortable in any environment you can know, we, we, we work from home um anything going on in your family life you know, there's flexibility there we we took the decision right Well, we'd actually taken the decision just before the pandemic hit to to completely refurbish our office and, and make it more suitable for, for the work environment um, or for the working or hybrid um, set up and it just so happens that that fits in exactly with how we've had to work in the in the covid uh the new covid age so that was very um good from whether it was fortunate or uh, or not but uh it, mm-hmm. it certainly worked pretty well for us i think um we've also you know on the on the well-being uh, and, and healthcare. that's something that it's, it's, i think the the working working life your your the the mix between home work life has has changed so much after over the last fifteen maybe even only the last ten years um, there is that expectation on employers to to be flexible mm. and the way we're set up that that really works well for us but we're seeing it amongst our clients as well we've just just actually launched a, a wellbeing app for one of our clients um and you know that's a as a mobile app, where they can just log how they're feeling on a daily basis, and also post good news and sharing positive feedback from from their the end users, um, and and I think that that's got to be sort of integrated into into everyone's workplace now. That feedback to to company bosses and the HR departments so it is fundamental. We can't get away from it. We don't want to. we want our staff to be happy.
0: Of course. Um, And it's important that there is that sort of wholesale change in approach where there is um, that hybrid working model coming into practice, because it's so easy, isn't it, to sort of pick up on social cues when someone's not quite in the right headspace, when you're sort of there in person in an office, but... When you're communicating over Zoom calls, that sort of thing, I mean, you can miss those social cues, can't you? So you have to have those new mechanisms in place, that sort of change in approach to be able to make sure that the channels remain open and these things are being picked up on, and then sort of the interventions, they're coming at the right time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crucial. It's a, it's a- yeah, it's fundamental as fundamental as training your staff, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's now considered top priority. I don't think um, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Now I think it's going to evolve from sort of. Uh, I think we the focus at the moment is on is on when um, mental wellbeing, and I think that's going to morph into more general wellbeing in terms of the, the sort of health, fitness, diet. Um, which I think can only be a good thing. As an employer, if your staff are healthy, that that's a good thing for your business. You know, they're going to be the, the the performance in the in the business is going to be better, less less sick days. You know, which is what we all want. I mean, we don't want don't want staff to be to be unhealthy enough from a from a business point of view, but from a personal point of view as well.
0: Exactly right. And another important factor that you mentioned as well is that the expectations that employees have of their employers, their bosses, it's changing, isn't it, in terms of the working practices they expect to have. They want that flexibility. And I think business is now under pressure to sort of really live up to those expectations, because if it doesn't, you're going to have issues attracting and retaining talent, aren't you? Because people like don't necessarily want now from their jobs, what they wanted maybe back in sort of 2019.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we've actually, during the last 18 months, taken on uh, two, well, let's say two and a half members of staff, uh, one apprenticeship. Uh, so that's a young, uh, a young member of staff who's, who's learning the ropes, joined us, a uh, fantastic addition to the team. So yeah, as you say, their their requirements you know are uh, completely different. He he enjoyed he joined us when we just refurbished the office, so the environment was nicer, and that, that's clearly gone down well on his side. Whereas some of us older older uh, people within the business, it, it it's sort of a, a less important thing because it, it, it's something that you that's, that's not uh, at the top of your priority list. Uh, I do find it interesting how how it has changed and, and it, it will continue to evolve. Um, I think one of the elements is over sort of privacy. So, you know, staff, there, there is a point where, as an employer, you, you, you don't, you know, especially maybe old school approach, you don't want to pry into people's personal lives. Um, you know, if they've got issues going on, there is a, there is a point at which, you know, as an employee, you're not entitled to know, and maybe you, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't know. Um, so I think that's also a key thing that you've got to judge, maybe on an individual basis, but also on a company-wide policy basis. to so what, what level, um, of, of data information should, should you have about an employees and personal life?
0: Yeah, it is a time of change, isn't it, on so, so many fronts. And I think you're very right in the sense that we're going to keep seeing things evolve and keep seeing things change over the next few months, because we're still not quite out of the woods with the pandemic just yet. So there's still plenty of scope for sort of within COVID change, never mind in the post-COVID world. Um, But if we sort of could look ahead, maybe sort of 12 months from now, Richard, just before we do wrap up on the programme, what are some of your sort of key priorities and ambitions as a business for the next year? where sort of do you see yourselves this time in 2022? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think I alluded to to that last answer about we we're, we're looking to always invest in in difficult times. Uh, that's always a very nerve wracking thing to do, but uh, I, as I say, the company has been formed uh, over 20 years ago. So we've got some experience of, of, of how things work, and and, and hopefully that some of you learn the lessons. And I've always tried to to invest in staff, um, additional staff, invest in um, in the business during difficult periods. So the last eighteen months has been a massive amount of investment for us, which. As a small business is always uh, nerve-wracking, you know, it, it has an impact on your profitability, but you hope that coming out of this, um, extraordinary situation, uh, that, that that will reflect on profitability, uh, and yeah, we will, I'm, I'm looking at the next 12 months, um, with a great deal of optimism. I think we're as a business we're in a good position. I think things will slowly increase in in, in the economy, and hopefully businesses start to look at you know, investing in their their software and, and IT systems to to make sure they're ready for for the next thing that comes up. Because there will be something else. There's always something else. There is. It might be a, a few more years away, but there will be the next. Uh, crisis or difficulty that the business community has to deal with.
0: Yeah, it looks as if digital is very much going to be at the heart of the future. And I certainly wish you all the luck in the world in sort of capitalizing on that and helping clients ready themselves for whatever the next challenge to industry might be, Richard. And I think as we start to understand more about sort of how things going with the pandemic and what trajectory we're going on as a society over the next sort of 12 months, I'd love to perhaps catch up and have you back on the show with us at some point in this next year, just to see how sort of things are getting along within the business and just assess where we are at that point.
1: That'd be great. Love
0: to. I'd relish that opportunity, Richard. Really, really enjoyed having you on the show today. It's unfortunate that we're out of time because it's an issue that I could talk about all day, sort of the changes that we've seen during this time, the importance of robust leadership as well and sort of prioritising that real digital strategy. And um, until we do hopefully get an opportunity to speak again in future, please do take care and stay safe with everything still going on because we're not quite clear of this yet, but I'm confident that we're heading for better days for sure.
1: We're nearly there, Scott. Thank you very much indeed. Nice talking to you. It was
0: a pleasure to welcome Richard Brash, Managing Director of Brash Solutions, onto the programme today. Um, Here on the Leaders Council podcast, we like to bring forward a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And therefore, our chairman and the former Education Secretary, Lord Blunkett, will be joining us next up on the programme alongside interviewer Matthew O'Neill. Lord Blunkett will be discussing his take on the last 16 months with the events of the COVID 19 situation and his hopes for the weeks ahead as we hopefully enter a period of economic recovery. That will be coming up on the programme next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.